Amnesia, convenient or productive? It's a new episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Thank you for clicking play. An old man once told me whilst reminiscing about the past. Well, honestly, it was after I questioned him about his recollection. He said, he laughed. He said, well, I remember the way it should have been. (laughs) It was a truthful admonition. Confession is good for the soul and all that, but Accurate recall is also good, and it is right. And remembering the right thing requires first that we do the right thing. So let's talk about remembering specifically. Let's talk about forgetting. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Modern tales of an ancient pursuit. You want to join the little private Facebook group? I say little because, well, there's fewer than 200 of us in there, which is fine. But if you would like to join, we would love to have you. Just go to the website, leaningtowardwisdom.com, and click on the Facebook icon. The only way to remember it the way it should have been really is to have done what should have been done. You know, it's, it's like telling the truth versus telling lies. You tell the truth and you don't have to worry. In fact, you can stop worrying if you just tell the truth because, well, it's the truth. You tell lies and yet, well, you have to become a master juggler else you'll be found out a liar. So it begins with doing the right thing. It begins with telling the truth. It begins with making the right decision, doing what is right. That's how we can prevent the need for convenient amnesia. An NFL quarterback, he throws a pick six. A pick six, for those of you that are living outside the United States, it's an intercepted ball where the opposing team picks off a pass and they run it back for a touchdown for their own team. And so inevitably the announcers will say, well, you know, he's going to have to put that behind him and forget about it. I mean, it's a big, big mistake for a, a quarterback to make. And within minutes, when that quarterback and his team, when they get the ball back, we will find out whether or not he can forget the horrible mistake that he just made. And some, you can tell by their performance, the rest of the game, they find it really difficult to put that behind them. Others, the greatest ones, well, they just move on. Sports are filled with those kinds of examples. Aaron judge as I'm hitting the record button. Aaron judge, a New York Yankee outfielder. Who's a great hitter. He is chasing a home run record. And the pressure must be intense. I mean, come on. He, it's a new, he's a New York Yankee. And he is chasing a New York Yankee and an American League record. Now, I'm not a baseball guy, so I, this all seems kind of quirky to me. 
Okay, so it's a team record, and it's an American League record, and there's also a National League. So it's not like it's a baseball record, but it's a team record. And I guess if you're a storied franchise like the New York Yankees, I'm not minimizing it. It's a big deal. I I just – he's currently stuck on the number 60. And, of course, as most great hitters, he he strikes out a sufficient amount of times. He walks – a decent number of times gets a base hit here or there. And so the question is, I mean, does he let his mind linger on the fact that he's stuck on 60? Does his mind linger on the fact that the last at bat he struck out? I don't know. Maybe I was watching him last night and he, he took a a swing at a ball that was clearly outside the strike zone. He fouled it off, but it still, it was a strike. And you could tell just by the look on his face, he's like, man, he just can't believe I just, you know, took a swing at a ball that wasn't even in the strike zone. You know, how, how badly does he beat himself up about those kinds of things? I don't know. I don't know. I would suspect because he's a great hitter that he has some ability to forget it and move on. But I also suspect that he struggle he struggles to get there intellectually he has to know that his next at bat is going to be a new opportunity to achieve this record that he's chasing and i suspect that that's going to make the difference in his success i don't know because i don't know him and i certainly don't know baseball but i'm gonna suspect that he'll figure this out great athletes almost always do i mean after all it is one trait that makes them great their ability to practice productive amnesia convenient amnesia is delusion it's deception it's inaccurate it is heavily biased in our favor hence the quote from the old man i remember it the way it should have been productive amnesia is moving forward productive amnesia is the realization yes yep i failed in the past But now we're going to take advantage of the opportunity that's right in front of us. I suppose the most famous song that the man ever sung, I mean, he's noted for it. Frank Sinatra was the song my way. And as I was thinking about this, I remembered the, I think it's the second, you know, the second verse of the song regrets. I've had a few sings Sinatra. So I went and looked up the lyrics regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do. I saw it through without exception. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway and more, much more. I did it. I did it my way regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. Well, too few to mention is likely an understatement for most of us, maybe all of us. Now that doesn't mean we want to mention them, but I still am real fascinated by the person who says, no, I don't have any regrets. Show me a person that says that and I'll show you a fool. I I just don't buy it. I mean, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we have got a boatload of regrets. That's not the point. You know, for me, it's less about the regrets. It's more about what lessons those regrets teach us. It's more about what our response to that regret is. I work at fixing my mind on a single question composed of only two words. 
Now what? Now what? Convenient amnesia gets in the way because of pride. I'm just speaking for myself. I may not always want to admit that I was stupid or I was foolish or I failed or I neglected this or I made a bad choice here or I took a wrong action there. A big part of convenient amnesia is also that woulda, coulda, shoulda feeling. We've all had that. Man, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, those times when we wish we had made a different decision, we wished we had taken a different action. Those times when we absolutely regret what we did or we regret what we neglected to do. And we're not speaking at all about going back and trying to make reparations for things. I'm absolutely positively in favor of let's correct what we can. I mean, whether that's going back and fixing it in any way, shape or form that is humanly possible, I'm all about it. Six to eight months ago, well, frankly, even before, probably a year ago, when the real estate markets were going crazy, we talked about putting our house on the market, but we just we weren't ready for a lot of reasons, mostly because we had yet to embark on our mission to purge and declutter our lives. We talked about it, but we had not yet backed our ears to do it. And during those times, people were just stabbing a for sale sign in their yard. And within days, well, sometimes within hours, the houses were scarfed up, sold above asking price in many, many cases. And we're feeling that woulda, coulda, shoulda feeling about it. Wishing that we had prepared ourselves to take advantage of a market like that. But we didn't. We didn't. It's not the first time we've ever felt that way. Truth is, real estate has never been my friend. All of our married life, we have found ourselves, due to career moves, needing to leave one place and move to a different place where the markets just never did line up to our benefit. Now, in this part of the country, Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana, we inevitably needed to sell a house in a stagnant or a down market and move to a less stagnant or up market. Now, these three states are steeped in the oil industry. I didn't work in the oil industry, but the oil industry had a big impact on the economy in all of these states. Well, when you're leaving a market that's kind of stagnant, even down, and you're moving to a market that's less stagnant, maybe even up, that ain't a recipe for solid financial growth in real estate. I would always joke with older friends because older friends would always make these declarations. You know, they, they made money on every house they ever bought. Well, that just was not my real estate experience. And so I would jokingly tell them, listen, I've got a real simple real estate strategy. I like to buy high and sell low. <laughs> it's just how timing worked against us. And every single time. It was beyond our control, but we regretted it. We just regretted it. You know, that generation that is six to 10 years older than us always seemed to be in a better place when it came to the market cycle, all markets cycle, but we had friends and we had neighbors who lost money. So, you know, we felt thankful. Listen, we, we, we've never, we haven't done that. Mostly we made a little bit or we broke even. 
So that's a good thing. But it still doesn't stop a person from feeling regret. It still doesn't stop a person from wishing things had been different, better. But wishing won't make it so. Best to learn whatever we can from things like this and then move forward. Now what? The present circumstances, the present facts, those are critical components in all of this. We only know what we know at the time that we make our choices. And sometimes we just don't know enough. Sometimes we, we misread things. You know, it's why the quest for clarity is so important. We can lean on other people and we can get some insights from their perspective. We can ask questions. We can get answers. We can prioritize our goals. We can think more deeply about what we most really want to have happen. I call it our ideal outcome. I mean, there are a number of effective things that we can do to try to see things more clearly. A good friend told me back in the summer, I don't know why you don't have a for sale sign in your yard right now. Well, there was some clarity that now in retrospect, I wish I would have listened to, but I already knew he wasn't telling me anything. I didn't already know he was just verbalizing. It was somebody else expressing it. We just weren't prepared. We weren't prepared mentally. We weren't prepared emotionally. We weren't prepared physically. And we continued to tell ourselves, my wife and me, we, we need weeks to get ready. And then you know what happened. Procrastination sets in, right? You've experienced this. It was just easier to put it off than it was to dive in and do the work. It always is easier to put it off. Until we started, until we started. And once we started, it became an avalanche of productive work, purging our lives of the clutter and the stuff that we didn't need. And by the time we, we started that work, the economy was crashing with high interest rates and even higher inflation. Days on the market continued to inch upward until finally it was drastically higher than it had been just months earlier. You know, the market, <laughs> I'm going to post this because it's just such a perfect illustration. I saw this on Twitter some days ago, the market, and I don't mean just the real estate market. I just mean markets in general. The market is like this viral video. I'll embed it in the show notes. Just go to leaning toward and find this episode amnesia convenient or productive it's this it's taken from a security camera outside a restaurant that is overlooking sidewalk tables where people are eating and during the video a group of people come running on the sidewalk through this restaurant area where these people are seated eating and one table of diners immediately panic seeing these folks running and so they jump up they leave their meals and they get right i mean they get right behind these runners and they start running it's evident from the video that they're supposing that these people are running away from something dangerous so we better get out of here and very quickly every table empties i mean people the, the whole place just completely skedaddles and takes off running behind these people Turns out that the people that were running on the sidewalk, they're CrossFit trainers. They were out exercising, 
<laughs> and other than the CrossFit folks, none of these other people even knew why they were running. They didn't know what they were running from or what they were running, why they were running, what they were running for. That's how markets work. Herd mentality just kicks in. And all of a sudden I, I was reminding Rhonda just last night. I said, you know, we were hearing months ago that the real estate market is in such dire straits when it comes to demand that we're at least 10 years away. If they keep on producing how building houses and houses going on the market at the current rate, which was, you know, six, eight months ago, we'll be a decade digging out and we still won't catch up. And as I hit the record button today, builders are offering all kinds of incentives. They are doing everything they can to just unload new houses because they don't want to be stuck. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What happened? I can tell you what happened. The market's crazy. People are crazy. And news media, well, they're the craziest of all. There are not, I, I, I did say this to Rhonda in the car. We were on our way to one of the grandson's junior high football games and i said you can't trust anything anymore <laughs> i know that's cynical but i just believe it you can't trust what you read you can't even trust what you see i don't have the answer for how we can best vet all this stuff and know but it's a problem it's a challenge it's a challenge for you it's a challenge for me it's a challenge for all of us how can we see clearly when we've got so much misinformation and we got so many people blatantly lying to us. Ah, but I digress. Ben's offered a job. It's a great job. It's in an industry that he wants to break into. He is not in this industry, but he would like to be, but he's really not sure. And so he delays. He doesn't talk to anybody. What he does do is he wallows around for a few days about it. Well, the few days turn into a few more days and a few more days. And by the time, by the time he thinks he's ready to accept it, it's too late. The company has already notified him that they have withdrawn their offer and they have chosen to go a different route. Well, the company figuring, you know, come on. I mean, here's a guy who we made this offer to him days and days and days and days ago. I, he clearly isn't very enthusiastic about it or he would have accepted it. And so they move on to a more anxious candidate. And you, you and I both know what happens. Ben immediately begins to berate himself, wishing that he would have accepted the job, wishes he would have just jumped on it. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Is ongoing regret going to serve Ben? No, but like us, he's finding it really hard to get over it. He can't forget it. Well, he claims he can't, but he can. He really could if he put in the work. It's kind of like our purging project. It's hard when all you're doing is looking at it, staring at it, and dreading it. <laughs> it only got easier when we started doing it. And if Ben decides that he's going to practice productive amnesia, then he is going to be able to more quickly figure this out and really get to the point of answering the question. Now what? There's something amazing, amazingly true about history, uh, particularly our history with our choices. We only know the outcomes of the choices that we made. 
Now, we assume that we know the outcome and what it would have been had we made a different choice. And many times, I would argue most times, we probably assume that if we would have done it differently, it would have worked out even better. Well, maybe, maybe not. Ben may have launched a new productive career. It may have been everything that he dreamed it would be. And that's what he initially thinks after the opportunity is lost. He may have embarked on a job that he hated, though. He may have found that I don't like this space at all. It may have been one of the worst choices of his life. Well, he doesn't consider that. In his mind, it was like this lottery hitting moment that he squandered. All we know is he missed the opportunity because he procrastinated. He delayed. He didn't get the job, even though it was offered to him. And whether or not that job would have worked out, whether or not he would have loved it, whether or not it would have led to some long-term career in that space, we don't know. We will never know. Rhonda and I can think, man, if we'd sold our house during the boom, we'd have sold it within days. We would have gotten above the asking price for it. But we'll never know. We'll never know. We may just assume that's how it would have played out, but we don't know. Like Ben, what difference does it make what we assume may have happened? Are we benefited in any way by dwelling on that? I mean, what lessons can we learn from that? Versus what lessons can we learn from what actually did happen? What lessons can Ben learn? I don't know. (laughs) You expected me to answer that? I don't know. I don't know because the stories are still unfolding. The stories are still being written. Did Ben do the right thing? Well, he doesn't feel like he did, but we don't know the future. And there's the rub. There's the rub months from now, Ben might get an opportunity that makes this first offer look awful. We don't know. Did we do the right thing? Well, I don't know. It it can feel like We didn't, but we don't know the future either. Circumstances might prove favorable for our delay. Now the naysayer is going to declare, and I can hear there's probably a few of you out there. Well, that's stupid. Ben should have jumped on that job. And you guys, you guys absolutely should have taken advantage of the hot market. I don't disagree, but that isn't what happened. This is not about looking back with no regret. This is not about refusing to accept the fact that, yes, we should have done this. It's about managing the regret so that we can move forward. It is about, you know, as it almost always is, it's about not deceiving ourselves. It's about not allowing ourselves to be stuck in a blame game, a regret game. Or worse yet, a paralyzing game where we just get stuck and we don't take any action at all. Ben could have jumped on the job immediately. And if it proved it's not quite what I want, it's not quite I thought it would be or should be, then he could have made a different choice. He could have quit. Rhonda and I could have jumped on a hot real estate market, sold our house quickly, maybe even for more than we, we asked for. Those are absolutely true. There's value in all of us facing reality, whatever the reality is. 
Ben won't serve himself by using every excuse as to why he lollygagged around accepting the offer. He didn't accept it. Enough said. Now what? Ben needs to spend time trying to figure out why he procrastinated. And he may find that there was something not quite right about that job or that offer as he, as he viewed it. He delayed for a reason or maybe a variety of reasons. Ben will benefit from figuring out what are those reasons and doing that will likely help him grow and move forward. Or he could decide that he's just, he's just going to regret this for a very long time and he's going to blame somebody. He's going to blame something. Maybe he could lament, you know, specific things about the offer that, you know, the reason I put it off is I just, I was hoping it would pay me more money and, you know, if they would have offered me $5,000 more, I would have taken it, but it seemed a little bit light and it, whatever the reasons, whatever the excuses, Ben is going to be best served by coming to grips with it. And here's the biggie accepting full responsibility for the outcome and then work like crazy to get to a point where he can focus on, okay, now what Rhonda and I can devote our days regretful that we did not jump into action to get a house on the market when things were insane. We can make all kinds of excuses for why we weren't ready, why we weren't getting ready. Truth is we weren't ready and we didn't get ready. Was it a mistake? I don't know. Do we regret it? Of course we regret it. We absolutely regret it. Is our regret going to bring back a missed opportunity? No, it never does. You know, like the failure of the professional athlete, whether it's a baseball player who strikes out or a quarterback who throws an interception, we have to forget about it and move on. It happened. Do we need to figure out why it happened so we can learn from it? Absolutely. Do we need to spend an inordinate amount of time to do that? Absolutely not. We wished it hadn't happened. We wished we hadn't done it. All of us, whether it's the baseball player, the quarterback, Ben, or us, we wished it hadn't happened. We think it was a bad outcome. Far from our ideal outcome. It's not what we wished to have happened, but it did happen. I'm reminded of all these stories that we hear, and you've likely had this happen to you. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't know it. Those times when you have been spared some disaster and you thought it was a bad thing. Man, I can think of countless times, especially driving in Dallas traffic. Being delayed trying to get out of my office and being delayed five or 10 minutes and getting on the road and only to realize had I been on time, had I gotten what I most wanted? I mean, I have come up on some horrible, horrible accidents and thought, you know, I could, I could just as easily have been in this accident instead of stuck at my office 10 minutes ago. And that's absolutely true. You know, we hear stories of people who missed their flights and only to have something catastrophic happen to that flight. These things happen. They happen to us probably way more than we are even aware of. 
But those times when we are aware of it, it does prove the point. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Now what? Now what? Well, now what? We either face reality, accept responsibility, and let me add the word full, full responsibility. We're not talking about blame. We're talking about responsibility. We accept responsibility and we get past it. Or we have another option. We languish in regret. We let the story end with our failure. Well, I can't really end without inserting here another truth, at least a truth that impacts me and Rhonda, and that's God. God didn't make our choices for us. God never did decide for us to put a house for sale, to take a job. God hasn't made any choices for us. He leaves that to us. But God does have some distinct advantages. For starters, he's God. He knows everything, and that includes the future. He also has our best eternal interest in mind. Life here doesn't always go well. Sometimes we struggle with things that we cannot overcome, so we just have to endure them. But unless we allow it, our circumstances here, whatever they are, great, good, or bad, or ugly or horrible, they do not have to impact our eternity unless we let them. God doesn't suffer the loss of priorities, you know, the way I sometimes do. God always has his priorities and our priorities in mind. He, he, those are straight. They're always straight. They're always right because he's God. He's perfect. I'm not. I sometimes get my priorities mixed up. If we will devote ourselves to serving God, he will serve us by helping us remain redeemed. No, there's no promise of prosperity in the gospel. You can read your Bible from here on out, and you're not going to find a promise that you're going to be wealthy, that you're going to be healthy. You're not going to find it. Plenty of devoted Christians, plenty of devoted righteous people in Old Testament times and ancient times Many of them lived quite well. Many of them did not. Many of them suffered significant, but still redeemed. God has the power to use the circumstances of our lives to best serve us. And that includes those choices that we think were missed opportunities. This much is sure. You and me, we are not in full control of our life. There are many, many circumstances and there are many actions and there are many decisions that are taken by other people that are far beyond our control. And yet they have an impact on us. People say, well, why, why does God allow this and that or the other? I can tell you why, because God does not make our choices for us. He's never done that. If he were to do that, he would be a tyrant. He would be a tyrant who manipulates us and coerces us and pulls our strings. And we have no choice in the matter, but we do have a choice in the matter. And unfortunately, many people on the planet, they choose sin. They choose evil. They choose selfishness. And you know what? The rest of us who try not to choose those things, we get stuck with the outcome that many of these people bring about in the, in the world. That's why we have 
conditions in this world that people want to blame God for. No, these are human made problems, largely the result. I will tell you singularly the result of sin and selfishness, but this whole now what way of thinking is intended to help us focus on only what we can control. And you and I both know what that is ourselves. What will we think? What will we think at that moment of decision? What will our choice be? What will we do the rest? Well, the rest I'm learning to leave that up to God, praying that the outcome will be the best for us spiritually. Of course, I also pray that it will be the best for us financially and otherwise, but first and foremost, spiritually, because my finances aren't going to matter when I'm dead. In eternity, my money, my assets, my house, my possession, none of that's going to matter. It doesn't prevent me from talking with God. It does not prevent me from asking God, even pleading with God, for what I hope to accomplish for Rhonda, for my family, for myself, for others. But even Jesus, the Son of God, he made the appropriate plea for what he wanted to have happen. But following the expression of his own desires, he said, not my will, but thine be done. And so it goes. If you would like to sample some sermons, at least some of mine, you can go to inthypaz.com, inthypaz.com. If you want to hear a better preacher, a way better preacher, check out evangelist Kevin Presley over at letthebiblespeak.tv. Letthebiblespeak.tv. I'll put links in the show notes. Amnesia. It can be convenient, which leads into and is fostered by our self-deception. Or it can be productive. It can be, yeah, I did that. I messed up. I tried to fix it. And now I got to move past it. Because I can't go back and do it over. It is what it is. We try to learn from it and we try to fix it and move forward. I mean, come on. It's what leaning toward wisdom is all about. Forward movement. Movement toward wisdom. Movement away from our own idiocy and foolishness. And it's hard. It's very, very hard. If you get it more right than not, if you get it more right than me, I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I'd love to tell you I've lived long enough that I've got this all figured out. <laughs> For those of you that are younger than me, which is probably most of you, you will learn over time that the more you think you have things figured out, the more you realize you don't have anything figured out. Today I'm armed with way more questions. 
I'm armed with some really important answers, particularly about eternal things, those things that really matter. I'm as settled on those things as I've ever been, which I think is a good thing. Some of this other stuff still baffles me. Still trying to figure it out. But it keeps life interesting. Thank you for clicking play. I hope you found it valuable and rewarding. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. Try to come to you every Thursday. Sometimes we throw in a special episode like this one. You just never know. Join the Facebook group if you please. That's my only call to action. I appreciate you. Greetings and welcome. Inside the Yellow Studio. Welcome.